There are so many religions in the world. How are they similar and how are they different? We need to know. The culturally correct view is to blend them all together as equally relevant and legitimate. But is that true? Prior to becoming a follower of Jesus, your host, Mike Shreve, was an avid seeker of truth, exploring many paths to spirituality. One of his passions now is to help bridge the gap so that others can discover the true light, which gives light to everyone entering the world. Now, here's Mike Shreve revealing the true light. Welcome to Revealing the True Light. It's a podcast based on a book that I've written titled In Search of the True Light. And both are part of a project we refer to as the True Light Project. So what is this quote-unquote true light? It's actually a reference to the Gospel of John chapter 1 verse 9 that identifies Jesus, or in the Hebrew, Yeshua, as the true light who gives light to every person who comes into this world. Now, light represents revelation, insight, illumination, spiritual knowledge concerning the true nature of things. Ironically, in Sanskrit, the word guru literally means one who brings you out of darkness into the light. And at one point in my life, I was considered a guru by about 300 students who followed my teachings. I taught kundalini yoga at four universities in Florida, and I ran a yoga ashram. But I could not be a guru, neither can many of those claiming that title, because unfortunately, I had not yet experienced the true light. And so I could not lead anyone else there. I could not sufficiently effectively lead them out of darkness. What does darkness represent? It means that you cannot perceive, you cannot comprehend or understand what life is about, who you are, why you exist, what your purpose is, what the nature of God is, what the nature of the universe is. If you're in darkness, you're locked inside of a spiritual condition where none of these things are revealed to you. The Bible speaks about darkness in several ways. It speaks of sin being the result of unfruitful works of darkness. Satan is referred to as a ruler of darkness and certainly all the demonic powers that work under him. And then those who are affected by sin and affected by satanic powers are so immersed in darkness that they not only are surrounded by it, but they become a part of the problem. That's why Ephesians 5.8 says, you were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord, talking about those who had become followers of Jesus. And then the command was given, walk as children of light. So there's this tension between darkness and light, and it's explained in the Bible at great length. In fact, Jesus two times, once in John chapter 8 and once in John chapter 9, said, I am the light of the world. In John 8, 12, he said, I am the light of the world, and he who follows me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. I think it's interesting to see 
that light, literal light that we have in this world is comprised of two things. Actually, this was quite a mystery to scientists for a long time because light acted like it was made up of particles. And then at times it acted like it was made up of waves. And finally, they discovered it was both. It was both particles and waves. And in a similar way, spiritually, real light is made up of two things. It's made up of particles of truth that comprise the Word of God, the Bible. It's also the Spirit of God that comes into a person's life. So what brings light is the Word of God and the Spirit of God. And that brings you out of the darkness of deception that fills this world and all the inhabitants of this world. Now, religion offers a way out. But quite often, religion only intensifies the darkness. And for that reason, Jesus said, take heed that the light which is in you is not darkness. See, when I studied yoga intensely, and I would be in solitude from 3.30 in the morning till 5.30 at night, day after day, week after week, month after month, I was devoted to meditation and hatha yoga and raja yoga and various means of achieving enlightenment. And one time during that period of time, I actually went into white light and I thought I had arrived. But then when I became a Christian, a follower of Jesus, I realized it was a counterfeit. It was a false light. It wasn't the true light. And the Bible says clearly that Jesus is the true light, but it also warns that Satan can appear as an angel of light. And so we need to be discerning. We really need to be discerning. The psalmist David said, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. I had a real problem believing that the Bible was God's inspired word in the very beginning. When I first heard about Jesus being the Messiah and the door to eternal life, I received him. I was genuinely born again. I shut down my yoga ashram and canceled all my classes. And so I had a genuine encounter, but my big hurdle was actually believing the Bible was a valid source of revelation. I thought, well, it's just been written by men, by 40 authors over a period of hundreds of years. And so how could it be the word of God? And then God had mercy on me. And one night I had this incredible dream where Jesus appeared to me. And then all of a sudden he disappeared. And in his place was this open book. And when he first appeared, he was glowing, radiating this brilliant, intense white light. And when it shifted and there was an open book in the same place where he had been standing, it was glowing with the same radiant light. But the most significant thing about the book is it was pulsating like it had a heartbeat. And every time it pulsated, a river of light poured off the pages into me. And I woke up with this incredibly warm sensation in my heart, and I knew it was the result of that night vision I had received. 
Now, you can't depend on a supernatural experience to validate the fact that the Bible is the source of truth, but that certainly helped me realize that that is the true light. And as I followed the precepts and as I followed the concepts in the Bible, it illuminated my life with the correct way of living, the correct way of believing, the, the correct way of understanding who I am and who God is. Now, not only is Jesus referred to as the true light in Scripture, he's also referred to as the true bread. So let's talk about that for a few moments. Jesus said in John chapter 6, verses 32 and 33, most assuredly, I say to you, Moses did not give you the bread from heaven, but my father gives you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is he who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. And he was referring to himself, of course. And he was also referring to the manna that sustained the children of Israel in the wilderness. And all of that was symbolic of our situation, because we are going through a wilderness world that is so confusing at times and so damaging at times, and there's no way we can survive this wilderness without some kind of spiritual nourishment. Now, when I was a yoga teacher, I would read for hours every day. I would read the Vedas, the Bhagavad Gita, I would read books like the Autobiography of a Yogi by Yogananda or the Aquarian Gospel, the Adi Granth of Sikhism and the Tao Te Ching of Taoism, anything that was drawn from Eastern mysticism or New Age spirituality. I drew those ideas in. I devoured them. There's an old saying that you are what you eat, but it's also true that you are what you read. And all of those things were not the true bread because I've received concepts and ideas that are now completely contrary to what I believe as a follower of Jesus. Just like bread right now, most of what's called bread in the grocery stores, you should never eat. It's made of refined flour that's been stripped of its value. The wheat germ is gone. Uh, some primary nutrients are gone. It's been bleached white to make it more appealing, but it's a toxic substance. And that's exactly what some people have even done with the Bible. They've taken the true bread and Jesus was the embodiment of that true bread. And that's why he said, you've got to eat my flesh because he was the word made flesh. And to partake of the word is to partake of him but people have so distorted the message of Jesus. It's like eating white refined bread and getting something toxic instead of nourishing. But the Bible is your spiritual nourishment. It's what will sustain you in this world and give you peace that passes understanding. Jesus is also referred to in scripture as the true vine. And this is talking about a spiritual infilling. The true light is spiritual illumination. The true bread is spiritual nourishment. But the true vine, that's a spiritual infilling because the sap that flows through the vine also flows through its branches. And in John chapter 15, verse 1, Jesus said, I am the true vine. 
and my father is the vine dresser. And he also said in that same chapter, I am the vine and you are the branches, talking of his believers. Well, that means that the same life symbolized by sap that flows through a vine, the same life that flowed through Jesus, the firstborn son, flows into and through every person who has been born again, in whom the Lord Jesus Christ dwells. This is not a common inheritance of all human beings. You have to receive Jesus, the only one who was born of a virgin, the only one who died on a cross for the sins of humanity, the only one who can wash away sin, the only one who rose from the dead, and the only one who will return and bring the kingdom of heaven fully to earth. And when you receive him, you receive the life sap of the Holy Spirit indwelling you. And that's what produces fruit on the branches of a vine, the sap that brings nourishment into the branches. Well, in like manner, the way that God produces fruit in your life is for you to be in union with the one who said, I am the true vine. That's what we all thirsted for and searched for and longed for when we were wandering through the maze of world religions. Many of us tried many different approaches before we found Jesus. And if you have not found him yet, I urge you to open your heart. All I did was dedicate one day to the Lord Jesus Christ. And I said, if you are the only way to heaven, if you truly are the way, the truth, and the life, then show me, give me some kind of revelation or insight today. And a former student of Yogananda's who was born again, who had become a follower of Jesus, picked me up as I was hitchhiking to go teach at the University of South Florida in Tampa, Florida. And he led me to this experience where I got hooked up or connected to the true vine, and a spirit was transferred to me, the Holy Spirit. See, whatever you get hooked up with, whatever you get connected to, there's going to be a transfer of spirit into your life. When I was involved in Kundalini Yoga, there was a wrong spirit that came into my life. And it gave me supernatural experiences, astral projection. As I mentioned a while ago, I went into white light. But then after I became a Christian, I had a very remarkable and troubling experience. I was laying in bed one night reading the Bible. And all of a sudden, I saw this object. It was like a cloudy form about the size of a small basketball that came through the wall and suddenly rushed across the room and slammed into my forehead. And I intuitively knew immediately that it was the spirit, the evil spirit I had yielded to when I went into deep meditation as a student of yoga. Thankfully, some strong believers that were helping me in the beginning told me, if, if you ever have an encounter with a demonic power, or with Satan himself, claim the blood of Jesus. Well, I couldn't talk. I was paralyzed. I couldn't move. But in my mind, I thought the blood of Jesus be upon me, the blood of Jesus be upon me. And about the third time that thought went through my mind, that spirit pulled back from me and I was able to speak. And I said, the blood of Jesus be upon you. And it fled from the room. And I knew that I had been delivered 
See, there is a false light. There is a false bread. There is a false vine that transfers a false spirit into your life. There was a very charismatic guru many years ago called Swami Muktananda. Some of you may know of him, may have heard of him. He was very famous for the way he performed Shaktipat, which is a transfer of an awakening of the Kundalini. And the word Kundalini means serpent power. And of course, I believe it is not the true power of the Holy Spirit now. I have a dear friend, Michael Graham, who was one of Swami Muktananda's personal disciples who lived right in the ashram with him for over 20 years. And he became a follower of Jesus. His transformation story is on our website, thetruelight.net. You should go and read it. But he told me about how Muktananda transferred this awakening into his life and what he experienced and how it differed from the real experience of the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. It was very supernatural. It was very intense. It was out of control. It was not what he was looking for. Thank God he finally found Jesus. But it's something called the serpent power. When I read about how Muktananda himself actually received this experience initially, I saw the dark source that it came from. Listen, this is Muktananda's own words. And this is, I'm reading right out of an article that's posted on the truelight.net called What Really Is the Kundalini? Listen to what Muktananda said. He met this naked ascetic who was blissfully meditating on top of a pile of human excreta. And this Hindu, quote unquote, holy man invited Muktananda to come and sit on his lap, and then he licked his head. He proceeded to initiate Muktananda into Kundalini Yoga. And a little later on, Muktananda described his experience this way. Listen to it. It's disturbing. He said, my mind seemed deluded, and I felt that I would soon become insane. My entire body started aching and the tongue began to move down the throat, and all attempts to pull it out failed. My fear grew. I felt severe pain in the knot below the navel, and I tried to shout but could not even articulate. Next, I saw ugly and dreadful demon-like figures. I thought them to be evil spirits. Suddenly, I saw a large ball of light approaching me from the front. It merged into my head. I was terrified by that powerfully dazzling light. And that was his bizarre account of the awakening of the Kundalini. Well, what was it that passed from him into those he initiated? The same demonic kind of false light and false spiritual power. It's a counterfeit. It's a counterfeit of the true power of the Holy Spirit, which never brings a person to insanity, which never results in a frightening experience like this. When Jesus comes into your heart and the Holy Spirit comes to dwell in you, it's only a beautiful experience. Jesus is also referred to as the true witness in Revelation 3.14. He's referred to as the true witness and the beginning of the creation of God. Why? Because he witnessed 
the truth about the creation. In Hinduism, it's taught that the universe emanated out of Brahman and everything has a divine essence, but not according to the teachings of the Bible and the teachings of the Lord Jesus Christ. He's also called the faithful witness and the firstborn from the dead in Revelation 1.5 because see, when he came out of the grave, he was the true witness that death could be conquered, not through a reincarnation cycle of coming into this world hundreds of thousands of times. In fact, in Hinduism, it's well over a million times that you're reborn. But he showed that the pathway to your future destiny is rather resurrection. That's why he is the true witness. He's the one who said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And no one comes to the Father but by me. Either he was completely deluded and a great deceiver that's deceived a huge portion of the human race, or he was exactly who he said he was. And I contend the latter is the case, that he was the way, the truth, and the life. And the only way to come to the Father is through him. That's why in 1 John chapter 5, verse 20, it says it this way, we know that the Son of God has come and has given us an understanding that we may know him who is true, and we are in him who is true, in his Son, Jesus Christ. This is the true God and eternal life. So Jesus is the true light. Jesus is the true bread. Jesus is the true vine. Jesus is the true witness. And Jesus is the true God. And the source of eternal life. If you never have, receive him into your heart today. Thank you for joining Mike Shreve today on Revealing the True Light. And thank you for opening your mind and your heart to the truth. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes, cpnshows.com, or wherever you listen to podcasts so you don't miss new episodes. You can explore the beliefs of many world religions more deeply by ordering Mike Shree's book titled In Search of the True Light. We also invite you to visit our website, thetruelight.net, and sign up to be part of our global internet family.